98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon on a Tuesday, and of course that means it is time for all of today's top stories in one place. It's called Wolf and Down Your Lunch, and here to bring you today's top stories, as always, is Aaron Maloney. Aaron? So J.J. Watt has tweeted a video working out at the Cardinals facility with Buddy Morris in the background, and who else, Wolf? Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray. So in Paul Calvisi fashion... <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury did speak at the annual league meetings today, and when asked about Kyler, he said, quote, we're in a great spot with him. I know that statement was what it was, but nothing has changed from our end. We're excited about his future and want to make him an Arizona Cardinal for as long as we can. What do you think this all means? I mean, if he was that unhappy that he didn't have a contract extension, would he be lifting at the Cardinals facility? And being filmed. Uh, like, this This feels like... A, I mean, he waves. He obviously knows J.J. Watt's going to, to film it. It's not like it's through three J. windows Watt or something. I probably said, are you okay if I do this? Yeah. Right? I, I'm sure J.J. said that, yeah. right? He turned and waved. I mean, he turned and waved. You know what? I'm going to put this into the positive column. That's what I'm doing right now. This is a good thing. If, in fact, you want peace between Kyla Murray and the Arizona Cardinals, one way or the other, whether he gets the extension or not, the fact that he's actually at the facility and he's working out of the facility with his teammates, I think that's awesome. That's good. He's going to sign. I would assume that the team, and I would have done this too at some point, was like, look, we're going to get a deal done. How about, you don't have to go out of your way, but just maybe make a few points here and there to remind everybody you're on the Cardinals as opposed to what was kind of being speculated on, and he started the speculation at the beginning of the offseason, so just kind of go out there and just remind everybody around the Cardinals. He's going to sign. I think it'll be this offseason wolf. I'll wear my Kyler Murray headband that gave away at the first game through the entire show, and you'll look at me like I'm crazy. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Oh, okay. and by the way, we're going to give you $300 million. Please get under center. <laughs> I mean, the body language with the wave and everything. Fantastic. Was, right, guys? I'm thinking Super Bowl. The Arizona Cardinals have come in at number 18 on ESPN's way-too-early power rankings as they believe the Cardinals' next off-season move is to get a number two wide receiver. What do you think their next off-season move is? That would probably be my my pick. That's You can at least make a case at the other positions. Oh, okay, they can get by. Uh, I mean, you have to draft an edge rusher if you don't sign one, even if it's not going to be a huge pass rusher. you got to have somebody playing that position. But I, I don't know that you can look at receiver and be like, yeah, we're set. We got DeAndre Hopkins and a guy that was a rookie last year and you Antoine know, Wesley. That's it. You know what? Uh, I think they need to go out and sign a backup stud tight end. That's what I think they need to do. A <laughs> right. third I'm joking. <laughs> have more tight ends I'm, than I'm receivers. Joking. I'm kind of joking, ladies and kind gentlemen. Of joking. I think we all understand What would that be if it was three I've... tight ends? <laughs> Imagine Y.A. Tittle and then the invention of the four. Oh! oh! Yes! Grasshopper. One back, three that tight ends. That is Two wide receivers? <laughs> That's right, Mel. Wait, no, me, no, 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 Mel. Oh. One back, three tight ends. There are only five eligible receivers, so therefore, one receiver. You were so close right so there. Close. Doing what so about four well. tight ends? 
for, well, hold on, I, I got, I've got no, this one. not the uh, legendary four. Teams. One back, four tight ends, nobody in the crowd. That's that's how it would look. <laughs> okay, so what was the question once again? That was great. Let's what? go to number two. <laughs> I don't know what the question was. It was, what is the next offseason move for the Cardinals? Oh, but yeah. we can it's gotta move be, It's got to be a receiver. It's got to yes. be a receiver. I, I'd say that or corner. Oh, yeah, to throw that out. I forgot about too. corner. Devin Booker was named Western Conference Player of the Week yesterday for averaging 37.3 points, 6.3 assists per game, while shooting 58.1% from the field this past week. So surely his MVP stock is rising, but not so fast. ESPN's final straw poll of 100-plus media members ranks the Phoenix Suns shooting guard seventh in the MVP race. Your reaction to that? You know, I I brought this up in the pre-show meeting because this is where I'm going to get dragged into this. But Maloney had a good point. Like, my thought is, if Booker's not even going to be, like, considered this year... And, and he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. Should I just assume he's never going to win in his career, no matter what he does? Like, what more could he really... I'm not saying he should definitely win this year. I'm not, I'm not going down that path of, well, that's on the local team, so he should win. I'm not doing that. But what more would he have to do to get considered? And Maloney's point before the show is probably the right one of, you just have to do this, and then next year he'll kind of already be on the watch list, I guess. Yes. I Honestly, right now, I think the only way that Devin Booker or any, any Phoenix Sun whatsoever is ever going to win an MVP... They have to win a championship first. That is the only way I see that happening. You don't Seriously. Think they'll, they'll win, and then they'll be like, but we actually voted, and the Lakers get the Larry O'Brien trophy, even though you guys won. <laughs> no. Nothing. The Suns are the best team in the NBA as we inch closer and closer to the NBA playoffs. So what's the main difference from last year's Suns team to this year's? Here's Ryan Rosillo from the Bill Simmons podcast yesterday. They're they're deeper because they have JaVale, who they didn't have today, which is actually a big thing and probably why they got down because the bench got smoked. I mean, Biombo, who we thought would retired five years ago, <laughs> instead of playing with Paul, Bridges, you never know what's going to happen. He can get you 25. Cam shot the hell out of the ball before he got hurt again. And they're just... They're deeper, and that's not even including Crowder and Shaman at some point, too. So they're a deeper team, and they're a better team than they were last year, and I feel like people are just kind of meh about them. What do you think is the biggest difference? I think depth is a big part of it. Um, I kind of liked your answer from earlier, though, Wolf, about... Uh, well, I'll let you give your answer, so I'll, I'll give a spinoff of it. I just... Getting there and getting so close and not winning last year, is it's going to change you one way or the other. You're either going to crumble under that or you're just going to be on an absolute mission. And they're on an absolute mission this year. Whereas last year, I know they were trying to win, but they didn't have that look in their eyes like, yeah, this is ours yeah. and you're standing in my way. Yeah, it's the collective killer instinct of the Phoenix Suns that I think is so much better and so much more acute than what it was last year. And by the way, it was pretty good last year. It was good last year, but man, just watching this team this year over and over and over again when the fourth quarter comes rolling around, this this quarter belongs to the Suns. And every player that is out there, whether he's a backup or not, knows it. And that's what I think is so powerful. It's one of the reasons why they are 45-0 and if they're leading after three quarters. 45-0. and That's lights out. NFL owners have approved the modified rule proposal for overtime in the playoffs. So both teams are guaranteed a possession in the overtime period. Your reaction to this? 
I, I don't understand it. If I mean, I understand it. It's simple. But tell me if I'm wrong here. Instead of Patrick Mahomes getting the ball once and Josh Allen getting it zero times, now Josh Allen gets it once, but Patrick Mahomes gets it twice. So what got solved? I, I really don't understand. I, I saw it was actually Bill Simmons, I think, tweet of at least make them go for two on the touch. Like, do something. Otherwise, yes. you've just extended regulation. That's You're going to exactly be in the same right. spot. You know, once again, it's all, it's not fair. It's, you know, you've got 60 minutes to do something about it. Whether you're the road team or the track, whatever it may be, the home team, the road team, you've got something to do about it. Win the game. How about that? Bone up and make a play. Okay, I'm getting way too fired up about this once again, but it drives me nuts. Just remove the coin flip. That's what sends everybody into a tithy. Just remove the coin flip, and now all of a sudden there's going to be strategy in that fourth quarter. If you're the road team and you know the home team is going to get the ball in the overtime period because it's a home field advantage, and that's the the advantage of playing at home, guess what? You might take some chances in that fourth quarter and try to win the game. If, in fact, you think the other team's got a great offense and they're going to get the ball first in the overtime period and you don't trust your defense, oh, by the way, defense is a third of the game as well, and so are special teams. You don't have to do anything to the overtime period except eliminate the coin toss. Take that out of the equation. And then strategy comes into play as opposed to luck. Yeah, you're so absurdly right about this one that I hesitate to admit that with two hours left in the show because I don't know how the rest of the show is going to go. But what you just described is the solution to the problem. I, I don't <laughs> I don't understand why that's not what they're going with. All right, that was uh, Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, as always, Aaron. When we come back, Cliff Kingsbury has spoken about his quarterback. So how does he feel about Kyler Murray? A couple months now since the season has ended. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 of them, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. <laughs> Why so bellicose? Command and control. I feel like you called for this song. Even I did not. Asking. No, I just, I feel like you did at some point. Maybe not today. Can you feel the melancholy of competition, ladies and gentlemen, sweeping over you? Listen to this. Oh, there was a melancholy, the intensity, smoldering intensity. Isn't that right, Devin Booker? Good thing we're not playing this while it's still raining. It would just basically be Seattle. Alice in Chains and Rain. (laughs) That was an abrupt ending. And that wasn't an accident. Did you see Maloney just cut the music? I was there, and then you just pulled it. (laughs) The the reaction from Maloney, and then the reaction from you of like, what just happened? All of a sudden, I could just imagine Pete Carroll chomping on his gum when you said that. I'm like, this is over. That freaked me out right there. You genuinely reacted like the power went out. You know know that I equate music with a tunnel. Yes. Tunnel time. 
and getting ready to go out and play a game. Music, oh my goodness. It's, it's not like I sit around and listen to it. I don't. They come to snuff the rooster. This, this to me right here, this speaks to me. Because you know what? Yeah. Hey, look, it's little Ronnie Wolfley. He's six foot, 218 pounds. What's he going to do to you? <laughs> yeah, how about knock your teeth off, brother? <laughs> okay, settle down. Settle down. All the pride, forgive me, my brothers, it does, every now and then, it does rear its head. And, um, yeah, I cannot tell you how many guys, how many guys that looked at me with malice (laughs) on their face as they were looking up at me. Luke, did you want to say something? Well, I'm just, the juxtaposition of what you're talking about. And the music. And then on one TV, we have <laughs> Portugal, and I don't even know who the other, I think, is that Northern Macedonia? Who took Italy out, by the way, so if it is, I want this turned off. And then on the <laughs> other TV, Wolf, they're playing tabletop baseball. Okay. So we got a lot going on in the studio right now. Okay, great. I wanted uh, to get to, intensity. To, to Cliff Kingsbury from the league meetings today, talking about his current relationship with Kyler Murray. I mean, we are in a great spot with him. You know, I know that was what it was, but uh, nothing has changed for him. Since we got him, he's done nothing but do this and continue to. So we're excited about his future. Um, we want to make him Arizona Cup the first time. I know it's a little bit tough to hear, but I think you could get the gist of what he was saying. I, yes. I think it was, Cliff, go stand in the most crowded room you possibly can, and we're going to hold this microphone 40 feet away from you. Yes. This is a big deal right here because one of the one of the top five stories for the Arizona Cardinals, I think, going into 2022 is how Cliff Kingsbury has got to continue to morph into the alpha in the room. This This is a big deal to me. And listen, Cliff Kingsbury, I know there's a lot of Cliff Kingsbury haters that are out there, right? This guy, I think, has done an incredible job considering what he's been working with. Kyler Murray came into the league. He was this wild Mustang, this incredibly talented dude. And I think that Cliff Kingsbury, under his tutelage, Kyler Murray has improved every year on the field and off the field. In the locker room and outside of the locker room. I think he's improved every year. I think he still has more room to improve. This is just my opinion right here. I don't think the Arizona Cardinals feel this way. I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to give him an extension this offseason. For me, I'd love to see Kyler grow another year. One more year. Go out and do it. Show us you can do it. And I'll back up that Brinks truck for you in a big, big way, Kyler. Because I am for the player. I just want to see Kyler continue to grow and develop the way that he has been. If you tell me he gets better from year one to year three and he gets better in year four, man, I'll tell you what, I'm backing the truck up. That's just my opinion. I don't think the Arizona Cardinals agree with that. I think they're going to back up the truck again this offseason. And Kyler's going to get that extension right now. The only thing I would say, if I'm going to give you 300, if I'm going to give you 250, whatever it may be, man, we need you under center. It's, and that's just my opinion. It's going to be such a weird offseason because I, I, I think they'll sign him too. 
And then, you know, it's going to have been all of this fuss to get back basically where we all were right after the Rams game. Where, okay, now the quarterback is back. We got to figure this out going forward. Yes. I, I, I genuinely am surprised nobody has done this. We're just set up a draft where you're drafting quarterbacks, let's say for the next, I don't know, let's say five years. Okay. It's five five's probably a good number. Kyler Murray's still a top 10 pick, even with that awful Rams game being our last image of Kyler Murray. And you wouldn't take him in the top 10 because you're like, well, he's perfect. You would take him because. No, he's younger, and part of the younger is the upside, and what comes with upside is mm-hmm. the assumption he's going to get better. Yes. That's what upside is, right? Yes. If you're like, this guy's a ton of upside, he's not going to get better, but at least he has the upside. Cool, then it's Jamarcus Russell. We're all assuming Kyler Murray's going to get better when we talk about his upside. You know, it's going to be a matter of personal preference if you held that draft as to whether he goes fourth or he goes seventh or whatever. I mean, people have their quarterbacks they like more or less. I'm assuming Mahomes would go above him. I'm assuming Josh Allen. I'm assuming... Joe Burrow probably after the run they just went on, but Kyler Murray's definitely a top 10 pick, probably top 8. I'd have to look at a list, maybe top 6 at least. And if that's the case, then yeah, do you want to be one of these teams scrambling for Jimmy G right now? No. You don't. No, you don't. You do not want to be that. But again, you got Cliff Kingsbury. Um, and the fact that he needs to continue to develop into the alpha in the room. I was talking about this all off season, early in the off season, as a matter of fact, where Cliff Kingsbury could stand up and say, you're going to do it my way or you're going to hit the highway. He doesn't have to yell. He doesn't have to scream. He doesn't have to become somebody that he's not. He just has to become resolute in regard to, I want every one of you to know that I am here for you. I'm going to coach you the best that I possibly can. But you know what? I'm not going anywhere. I am here. And he is here with his five-year extension. I am here, and I just want you guys to know, you're going to do it this way or no way. You're going to do it my way or the highway. There's nothing wrong with that from a head coach. That was Bill Belichick. That's exactly how Bill Belichick manages his football team. I know it because I lived it. He didn't scream. How many times have you heard me say Bill Belichick never raised his voice? He didn't scream. He didn't yell on a a football field. He would if he's yelling at the ref or trying to get a player's attention, of course. But in, in a meeting room? Never yelled, never raised his voice, just said it in a very cold, matter-of-fact kind of way. And everybody knew exactly what it meant if you didn't do what he told you to do, which was your job, you weren't going to have a job. And everybody knew it. Isn't that right, Bernie? He cut the czar of Cleveland mid-season. And they haven't had a quarterback since. (laughs) Okay, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Cliff doesn't need to become a screamer. He just needs to become that alpha male. You're going to do it my way or it's the highway. All right, uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what's the biggest difference between the 2021 Suns and the 2022 Suns? Not just record. We'll discuss it next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The home of the Suns, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And listen live on the Arizona Sports app. Wolf and Luke. The Suns run to the playoffs. Presented by Canvas Annuity. 
This is Northern Macedonia, by the way, on TV in here. Okay. What's going on? What is this right here? What is this? Is this, this is Kenny G. This is what? No. <laughs> System of a Down? I don't know. This is, yeah, this is not Slipknot. Okay. Um, okay, thank you. Appreciate that. We might need some System of a Down today, like some toxicity. Okay. Yeah? You know toxicity, don't you? Uh, I probably, if I heard it, okay. you know. I mean, once again, it's not like I'm a big fan of it, but it does sound like Tunnel Time. System of a Down, kind I feel like, like this cool sounds music. a little bit like Tunnel Time. Go Time. Here we go. Okay, got a little soft right here, but that's okay. God, I love it. Good stuff. On a Tuesday, a little slipknot at 1233. Tunnel time Tuesday. Yeah, that's what. Oh, yeah, that's good. The alliteration. It does feel like I'm covering a kick, and I've never covered a kick. The truth will set you free, and so will covering a kickoff. <laughs> Trust me. I'm so, okay, Phoenix Suns, we had Ryan Rosillo on last week. He was on the Bill Simmons podcast uh, Sunday night. They recorded it after the game against the 76ers, which, uh, going back to our conversation from yesterday, Wolf, the Suns don't play again tonight either. Like, what's going on? Two nights in a row with no Suns basketball. It's a lonely night in the compound. What's the point of even having electricity? Walking around the compound mumbling. <laughs> You could read the, uh, what were you reading instead of watching the Oscars, The Hunchback of Notre Dame? You <laughs> can read right. that. Yeah, do yes. that. Uh, okay, so Bill Simmons had Ryan Rosillo on. They were talking about the Suns, and they were talking about just how the Suns are not only being overlooked, but they're really very clearly head and shoulders above everybody else, at least in the regular season. This is Bill Simmons. Second in points, seventh in defense, fourth in assists, fifth in three-point percentage, this is all before today's game. Sixth in steals, seventh in pace, or seventh turnovers, ninth in pace, third offensive rating, third defensive rating, first in field goal percentage. They're shooting 80% for free throws. As a team, they're 49, 37, 80. They're like kind of sniffing at 50, 40, 90. They're not going to get there, but 40, 49, 37, 80 is in the ballpark. Third in defensive field goal percentage, third in three point percentage from the other team. Every metric is that they're just killing everybody. Like the 61 and 14 is not an accident. What's interesting is the clutch stuff because you figure like that should swing a little more toward the other team, but it doesn't because of what we just saw today. When it's a two-point game, they just execute. It's almost like watching a football team. So I think it's legit. I think people should get ready. Oh, my goodness. That is Bill Simmons right there. Heavy on the metrics. Um, the great thing about the Phoenix Suns is, yeah, those metrics are important. There's no doubt about it. And they do matter. Yet watch the game. Watch the tape. Watch the game. Watch the tape. And look at the dominance. Look at watch it happen over and over and over again. And it's not just to the Houston Rockets. It's to the Philadelphia 76ers and teams like them. Shut it down. Lock it down. The killer instinct that the Phoenix Suns have shown this year, this is the biggest room that I think they have improved. This is what they've improved the most at, is the killer instinct. And they were good last year. This year, they're off the chart. 
I'm going to enjoy this. What did he say right at the very end? Get ready for the Phoenix Suns. Um, and again, this is not a shot of Bill Simmons. He's been in on the Suns. Simmons watches more basketball. Him and Ryan Rossillo, I don't know how they watch as much basketball as they do because they just watch every game. And Rossillo will sit there and he'll quote something. He'll point out a play that happened in the Magic Hawks game. Like, how are you watching every game? But I'm going to enjoy this about this playoff run, Wolf. And if the Suns really do pull this off and win the whole thing, one of the things I'm going to enjoy the most are the people that are out there in the basketball world right now. They're like, oh, yeah, the Suns, yeah, yeah, they're not going to win. It'll be Golden State and Philadelphia, you know, Brooklyn, whatever, the same teams it always is. That's all that could ever happen. I'm going to enjoy their reaction if the Suns keep doing what they've done for 75 regular season games right through the playoffs. If they just keep this going. They're going to win every series, and they're going to they're going to have these games where it's like if if the Suns are winning after three, well then they win. They're forty five and zero. If the Suns are losing after three, well then they come back in clutch time because that's what they do. That's a pretty good formula to have. Yeah, you you always win if you're winning or losing after three. You've covered all your bases right there. That's yeah. that's a pretty good uh, ratio. And this is Ryan Rosillo on the same show with Bill Simmons talking about uh, the idea that. It's weird. People still haven't fully gotten on board with this team. Yeah, I don't really get what the hangup is. Uh, maybe it's just because of losing in the finals, blowing the lead. Could be. You know, if you, ha- you don't have a title in your back pocket, it's tougher for us to give you the benefit of the doubt. There's certainly a lot of the anti-Chris Paul stuff because of the playoff failures, which you've covered a million times on the podcast. So maybe it still feels like it's new because we're not even through a completed second season with this group. But they have been on an absolute tear. And the clutch numbers, we'll get to them at some point. But mm. like tonight's tonight's another perfect example. Like as soon as we need to take over this game, we're going to take over this game. They even went eleven and four without Chris Paul through the stretch. But at first, when you heard about the injury, you're like, ah, oh, not this again. That could end up being something with him that's terrific because it gives him a few weeks of rest on top of everything else. Booker's been incredible. We know exactly who they are. They're head and shoulders above what is still the better conference in the West, despite more entries into the conversation from the East. So I think it's just because of Paul, and it's still sort of. New, but I, whenever I see some of these projections and people talk, I just feel like Phoenix is completely undervalued. Yeah, I totally agree with Still. what he says right there. Still undervalued. Like they've got to prove themselves once again. And when you when you think of the fact that Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns have been together for 16 and a half months, as you pointed out earlier in this broadcast, it's still mind-numbing. It's still shocking. And we've watched this for two years now, of course. Um, every game, hanging on every game. There's no game tonight. It's Bummer City in the Wolfley compound, as I'm sure it is in your compound, my brothers. It's a bummer when they're not playing because they're so enjoyable to watch. Win or lose, how they go about their business. It's so consistent. The professionalism is there. It's off the charts. But we've seen them now. And I think the rest of the basketball universe doesn't really believe it. I don't think they believe. Oh, yeah, the Phoenix Suns, they're the best team in the association. They got the best record in the association. But I think we all know what could happen when they get into the postseason here. Chris Paul, we understand Chris Paul and his playoff failures that he's had. I I don't think a lot of the analysts, a lot of the pundits, especially from the East Coast, really believe what it is that they're seeing. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's fine. There is this weird disconnect of, 
well, I can't be guaranteed they're going to win the title. They must not be for real. But now let's go talk about the Brooklyn Nets, who have played their big three together 16 times ever, and now they're trading James Harden for a guy that isn't playing. Like, (laughs) okay, when's the last time Brooklyn won the title? Yes. By way of example, though, right now. But, but, I mean, that's, you know... James Harden, Kevin Durant at that point in time. Yeah. Kyrie Irving. It hasn't they were dropped still off there. with I mean, Ben Simmons, but yeah. Y- you know what I'm talking about. Um, I-, I just think if the Suns were to win a championship, just pretend the Suns win. They won last year. Think about that. They beat Milwaukee. They went on to beat Milwaukee. If you were seeing this kind of season, a follow-up season, after that win to beat Milwaukee in the mm-hmm. NBA Finals, do you think there'd be any doubt? Would there be any doubt whatsoever from the national punt? Oh, my goodness. There'd be none. Seriously. You'd be a pariah if you were looking at this team saying, oh, my goodness. This team has got its flaws. There's no way you'd be laughed at, mocked as an analyst. Should be anyway. If that still yeah you got to win the thing they have to win to prove it they have to win a championship to prove it to the rest of the world if they do win the championship this year then <laughs> this is going to we're going to look back at this stretch right here where the rest of the country didn't get just how good the suns are cuz you're right if they go out if they keep playing like this and they steamroll through the playoffs the way they've steamrolled through the regular season I said this the other day. There's all of a sudden going to be a lot of Suns fans all across the country that didn't suffer through the last 10 years, right? So if you're a hardcore Suns fan and you've been going through it with this team and you went through the ups and downs that Steve Nash era and however far back you go, if they do win it this year, we're going to look back at this stretch right here is when they're still like our Suns before a bunch of people in New York are like, oh, I, was, I told you all about the Suns, remember? And they don't know anything about the yeah. team, and they're wearing Suns hats that yeah. look like Knicks hats, but it's the Suns logo or something. So it is annoying, I, I will grant you that, to see the team that is so much better than everybody else get treated like, uh, yeah, okay, I guess maybe they could do it. But I would just I would caution you to enjoy this moment now before all the bandwagon fans jump on because if point. everything goes well that's going to happen. Good point. And that's going to be irritating in a completely different way. Coming up, the Cardinals are number eighteen in ESPN's power rankings after free agency. So what could be the next move they need to make this offseason? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. There's your system of a down for you. Gather on the transistor and press the ear. The Wolf and Luke Show broadcasting so you don't have to. This is like the perfect rejoin for us, too, because there's no singing yet, but we didn't cut any words out. Yes, of course. And then it gets slow again for you. We appreciate art here on the Wolf and Luke Show. So, I have a list here of, I believe, every free agent wide receiver that's out there. That's left in the, uh, I mean, you can make trades, obviously. Guys could become available, but I think right now. So, the, where this is all coming from is ESPN put out their post-free agency power rankings. They have the Arizona Cardinals at 18. So that's down eight spots from where they started the offseason in ESPN's eyes. <laughs> um, that's good right there. I don't know if that's... <laughs> I like that. Trying to figure out, like, I'm trying to see which teams really jumped. Denver, I know, jumped the most. The Raiders 
Yeah, they jumped from 15 to 13. Yeah, Denver jumped from 21 to 10. That's the biggest jump I see of any team. So the Cardinals just kind of, I don't know, for whatever reason have dropped. Um, I mean, they lost Chandler Jones. They've lost some pieces, and they haven't finished filling out their roster yet. But one of the things that says, Wolf, they, they went through the next offseason move for every team. And for the Cardinals, they have get a number two receiver. And that's that's from Josh Weinfuss. He's not the one that does the rankings, but he's obviously the Cardinals guy yeah, for ESPN. Right. I don't disagree with that. <laughs> I mean, you're, you are going to have to add at least one more receiver before the upcoming season. And if you're going to do it over free agency, I can read off some of these names if you want. You can tell me who yeah. you like. Yeah. There's some good ones out here. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, but these are in no I'll play order. Along. I'll play your little all right, game, Luke. This. Okay, that's just, I really, that's all I wanted. Uh, okay. I'm just going to read them. You stop me when there's a name that stands out to you, okay? So you don't have to comment on all of them. Okay, great. You can if you want, but you don't have Thank to. Thank you. Julio Jones, Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller. Will Fuller. <laughs> okay, you know what? Honestly, right now, Will Fuller, uh, though I have not watched him on tape, um, that's that's a name that intrigues me. And it intrigues me because he can run a sub 4-4. A legitimate 4-3 guy is Will Fuller. Um, he also has the drops from time to time. Okay. But he still can line up and run by somebody and chuck the ball up. And guess what? Um, I'm not going to call him a true number two. That's the problem. I, I don't think I could call him a true number two receiver. Okay. But man, he'd have an impact. Well, that's sort of where I'm going here because they they need a true number two receiver, right? So, uh, and there might be more on this list. I'm gonna go through some more. Okay. Yes. Uh, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders. Oh man, Cole Beasley. <laughs> see, see right there, Cole Beasley. I'd love to line him up in the slot. Here we go, third and four, third and five. Bing, 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 bing. Just a little dump off. First down, move the chains. I love Cole Beasley. I think he'd really mesh with Kyler Murray very, very well, but. Once again, you're talking about 11 personnel, three wide receiver. And, um, yeah, I think we're going to see 11 personnel. There's no doubt about that. We're going to see a lot of that with the Arizona Cardinals. It's just I don't think we're going to see it as much as 12 personnel. Well, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, A.J. Green, Keelan Cole, Sammy Watkins, Alan Hearns, Albert Wilson, Deshaun Jackson, Danny Amendola, Odell Beckham, Marquise Goodwin, Adam Humphreys, Mohamed Sanu, Demir Bird, Dee Westbrook, Marcus yeah. Johnson, Tavon Austin. Like we're we're going down the list now. Uh, Teji Sharp, yeah. Dante Pettis, yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is, if if they're looking for like a, just a true number two receiver, I don't know that that guy's out there anymore in free agency. Yeah, doesn't mean you can't get one, but that, wouldn't that seem to indicate they're going to draft one? Yeah, it'd be great. How about that? That could be a real possibility. The only problem is um, wide receivers, especially in this new era, this new age era, where you're blending the old and the new, wide receivers, for whatever reason, have seemed to struggle, unless you're Jamar Chase. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> unless you played with your quarterback in college. Exactly. Um, I mean, you could trade. If you open up the idea of trading for a wide receiver, that obviously opens the door to almost anybody out there except the truly elite. Then, then that list is is you know depending what you're willing to give up, almost everybody in the uh, in the NFL. But yes, 
I'm looking down that list, and I'm looking for a number two receiver from the Cardinals. I don't know, you know that he's I, on there. Once again, oh my goodness! Um, if you had a guy that could run, a guy that could run by some people and catch some balls down the field, you know, fifty yards, sixty yards in the air. If you could have somebody that would run by, oh my goodness, the damage that could possibly be done to a defense and to a secondary specifically would be significant. And the reason being is because you got DeAndre Hopkins on the other side of the field. And so much of the time, that safety, that safety over the top of D Hop is going to be very, very careful and very leery of getting too deep because DeAndre Hopkins will run those short and intermediate routes. He's not a great route runner, ladies and gentlemen. He isn't. He just has a great knack for getting open. <laughs> He's not a great route runner. He just gets open somehow, some way. And if you get him the ball, he's bringing that thing in. He's going to catch it. But, man, that safety is reticent to get too deep because you don't want D-Hop operating underneath on that short and intermediate route stuff because he does it so well. He gets open. So you're hesitant to get deep, and that is what burns you because you got the other guy who comes over the top, and you blink. You're just sluggish. And suddenly, because you blink for a second and you were a little slow getting deep, that dude's over the top of you, and it's a touchdown. That's the problem, and that's the conundrum that a lot of secondaries are in. If you can find one guy to get over the top of D-Hop, maybe that's Rondell Moore. Well, that's what I was going to say. It, maybe they are just approaching this season because they're doing it with Zayvon Collins. They're approaching the season with Zayvon Collins of we've seen some things we like, I would assume more so in practice than in games. He's shown flashes in games. They're approaching the season as Zayvon's ready. So maybe they're approaching the season as Rondale Moore's ready. And then if that's the case, does that change how you approach the rest of the receiver position? Man, I'll tell you. You'd like to have some kind of backup, wouldn't you? You'd like to have yes. some kind of plan B. I would like to not only have two receivers going into the season plus Antoine Wesley. You know what, honestly, right now, William Fuller, I'm bringing him in. What are you going to run? If I put you on this clock right now, William, are you William, are you looking at me, William? He's only 27, by the way. This is why I'm saying right now, what are you going to run when I put you on this clock right now? What are you going to do? Can you run by somebody still? Can you just boom? Four, three, three. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, bam! Four, three, one. We'll take Wolf Fuller, please, over the top. And when he drops a ball deep, we'll yell at him and scream at him. <laughs> but you know what? Honestly, if he just catches, I don't know, three or four deep, you're going to be gold. You you will be gold because defensive coordinators will be they'll be bombing the Emodium AD man. I'm trying to, like, some of these other names. I mean, Auden Tate had a couple big games at Cincinnati in 2019. I'm just looking at the younger receivers here. If we're going to say Julio Jones is off the board because he's 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 too old, um, which, you know, that's to be determined. It wouldn't shock me if Julio Jones comes back and has a nice little bounce-back year next Julio. year. But the only receivers on this list younger than Will Fuller are Dante Pettis and Auden Tate, who both had... Dante Pettis had a good game against the Cardinals a couple years ago with San Francisco, but uh, that's that's about it. 
So I don't know. You know, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go receiver in the draft, if it's gonna be a guy like Chris Olave or somebody, man, that's that's a that's potentially. I mean, you're swinging for the fences there, and I don't hate that. Except then your receivers are DeAndre Hopkins, a rookie, Rondale Moore, who yeah. missed a good chunk of his rookie season, and and Antoine Wesley. I don't want to keep leaving him out, but it's not like he has experience either. So. Man. What happened? Do you remember what happened to Will Fuller in Miami last year? He only played two games. He's, I don't remember I the injury because he's had a lot of injuries. Oh, my goodness. I know. He's been injured a lot of the time. As a matter of fact, he's never completed a full season. But, you know, once again, I look at that and I think to myself, well, that's fine. Why do I say that base earnings? Because <laughs> 11 personnel is not going to be our base personnel set anymore. This it's is- going to be 12. This Will is, Fuller can be used as a third wide receiver. We'll bring him in, and we'll let him run deep routes down the field. As I, uh, it, it looked like it was a finger injury. Suffered a setback and is likely out for the remainder of the season. That was in December. It was a finger? I guess. Uh, yeah, on IR with a finger injury. But what, what, what Wait, is are funny? are you looking at the right year? I mean, he only played in two games. In, in 2021, he only played in two games. So. Uh, that's December 20th, 2021. Oh my goodness! But what's interesting is the there's news on him from today, and it's um, it's Matt Lafleur saying we need a, a receiver to take the top off the uh, we need a legit guy that can take off the top of the coverage. No way! <laughs> Sounds like you. Yeah. No way! Yeah, Lafleur is saying that. Yes. Oh, because they just lost <laughs> everybody. Scantling. Yeah, and Devontae Adams. There it is, right there. No, Lef- the guy that takes yeah. off the top. But there's for the nothing. Green Bay Packers. But for Lafleur, his comment really should be: we need a receiver. Because we don't have any left. <laughs> but if he wants to get that more was, detailed, then that was you know, funny, dude. Like All right, we come back. What does Devin Booker entering, <laughs> entering the MVP conversation mean for the Sun Star in the future? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.